0: Hi, this is Obes. And this is Cha. And you're listening to Run the Play, the podcast that sports sports and more sports. Mm -hmm. Football and basketball mainly, but if there's something crazy happening elsewhere in the wild world of sports, we'll talk about it. Cha, what's up first?
1: First up, we got to go through the highlights of this past weekend in college football. First things first, South Carolina upset number three Georgia and an absolute it show. All right, that was wild. That was stupidity. That was, was. college football.
0: That was absolutely. That was, that was one of the, the great examples of. Because I've said, I've said on this show, I've said on the chicken social, I've said just in, in regular life. That coaches are stupid. Especially college football. Well, football coaches in general. Um, I think part of it is I mean, I don't know. I think I think most people are stupid just to begin with, and then <laughs> and then I think I think college, I think football coaches are especially dumb. And then college coaches are just really just take the cake. I think they're dumber than any coaching besides high school. They're definitely not as smart as the NFL. Anyway, I'm getting off track. So <laughs> South Carolina, they had fought and clawed to stay in the game. It was 17-17. They're driving. It's fourth and three. And instead of keeping your offense out there to go for it, you know, to get the win, Will Muschamp, in his infinite wisdom, decided it would be better to kick a 57-yard field goal with not just a college kicker, but a college kicker whose career long was 49 yards. This is almost 10 yards longer than his career long. And by missing it, which of course he missed it because he's a college kicker, he gave Georgia excellent field position with like 40 seconds left to go in the game, only needing a field goal themselves. Now he got lucky in that his defense was strong enough to not allow Georgia to get in field goal range. And Kirby Smart did something stupid. Joe, I didn't. I didn't get to see it, unfortunately. But, but <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't as dumb as what Will Muschamp did. We can put it that way. And then in an so then the game goes to overtime. It's tied at seventeen. South Carolina gets an interception on the second play for that Georgia has the ball. So now they're in great position. All they need is a field goal to win. And you know they. You would have thought because Will Muschamp has been a coach for a long time, right? He was the head coach of Florida for a little bit. He was the head coach in waiting at Texas as their defensive coordinator. He was an amazing defensive coordinator for Auburn. He's seen a lot of things, right? You'd think he'd know that you do not play for a kick in college football. NFL, by all means. These are professional kickers. Basically, from 45 yards and in, NFL kickers are automatic. You don't have an NFL kicker. You have a college kicker. What does Will Muschamp do? He plays for the the kick. They get to a 33-yard field goal. Man's misses it. So I'm sitting. I'm like, wow, you didn't learn anything <laughs> from <laughs> that 57-yarder. So they get the ball back because they had the ball second to start overtime. So in second overtime, they get the ball first. They go down. They kick a field goal, and then Georgia misses not an easy field goal, but like their kicker Blankenship is pretty good. You would expect him to make the kick. He missed it. So South Carolina ends up getting the upset in Athens, Georgia. But it's a game that really should have been over in regulation. South Carolina deserved the win, but they should have won in regulation, had their coach been a little bit smarter, and he he just isn't, and wasn't. Mm. Couldn't have said it better myself, because I did not watch the game. Oklahoma
1: (laughs) smacks Texas. Now, I know the score made it look like it was a close game. It was not a close game. No, It was not a close no. game.
0: Not at all. It's an interesting thing. Oklahoma came out. Their defense was great. Remember I said that their defense is not quite where it needs to be, but they don't need to be like Wisconsin, who's only allowed 29 points in the first six games of the year, which is like a Big Ten record. It's the best anybody's done since 1973. But we'll talk about that more later on. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be giving up five points a game like that. That's not necessary for their offense. They just need to keep... Need to slow down the other team for a quarter and a half, and let the offense jump out. That's exactly what the defense did. They they, they, they held Texas to what was it, three first half points. Yeah, something that's like that. that's exactly what you want a defense to do. So Oklahoma goes down the score, easy, easy peasy first drive. And then Jalen starts fucking up. So <laughs> the, the, the next drive, very next drive, Oklahoma forces another punt. Jalen, who before the game, one of the Texas players, I don't remember which one, he said that Jalen needs the slider He's going to get hurt, It was, which was a clear uh, psychological challenge to young Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. to, hey, take on unnecessary hits. And Jalen took the bait because I mean, he's a football player, they're not very smart, just like most people. So he's in the open field, trying to finish off what was a great run. And he has the ball in the wrong hand. He gets hit. He fumbles it. That ends what that ends a drive that would have had Oklahoma inside the 10. Very next possession. Drive down again. Easy peasy. It's third and goal. He's rolling to the right. Stops. Throws back across his body into triple coverage. What do you think happens when you throw it back across the field into triple coverage, Cha?
1: Uh, I My guess would be... It gets intercepted.
0: In That's the, exactly what happened. You yeah, in, <laughs> intercepted
1: swiftly. There was no reason for him to throw that ball. It was third no. and goal, and uh, all you had to do was just throw it away out the back of the end zone. Either You, you could either go for it on fourth, which they had before and gotten, gotten the touchdown,
0: or you can just kick an easy field goal because it was like the ball was in the middle of the field, I believe. So, matter of fact, it, look, it looked like he could have run and possibly gotten in. Possibly. Had he made the decision to run it. Possibly. But, yeah, I don't – that that was just a brain fart. Yeah, and then the next drive after that, they actually st- the offense stalled, and then the next drive after that, they kicked a field goal because they didn't trust Jalen not to turn it over on a fourth mm-hmm. down. So you have a situation where you should really be up twenty-eight to nothing, the game is probably over, but instead your quarterback turned the ball over twice, made some bad throws on yet another drive. And then you didn't trust him not to turn over the ball, so he didn't go for it on a fourth down. So you kick a field goal. The game should have been over at halftime. So there was something interesting
1: you said during the game, which was um it was sort of um pride as well as them uh, Oklahoma trying to prove a point, like Lincoln Riley and uh, Jalen Hurts trying to prove that Jalen is a good passer.
0: And which Yeah. Yeah. So my my contention there was that the reason Oklahoma found themselves in that position was was purely ego. Yeah. Oklahoma was averaging seven yards a carry in the first half. Yep. There was no reason for them to be doing anything but running the ball. Matter of fact, if they had been running the ball, they would have worn down Texas even more, and they would have just been able to. They probably could have run for 400 yards yesterday based on how well they were running the ball. But Lincoln Riley has this reputation as a quarterback whisperer after coaching... The last two Heisman Trophy winners at quarterback, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, respectively. And Jalen wants to prove that he is an NFL-level passer so he can be an NFL quarterback, perhaps on the Heisman, and perhaps get drafted on the first round like his two predecessors did. Here's the thing. Jalen is much improved as a passer from his freshman year at Alabama. I think we all agree on that. Yeah. But he is not Kyler Murray. He is not Baker Mayfield. And, I mean, Lincoln Riley's reputation is still going to be intact as a quarterback guru regardless of whether Jalen gets drafted in the first round or not. He has shortcomings as a passer, and it hurts the team to try to make him try to win the game by passing when he's not a good passer. All you ha- all you should be focused on as a coach, and it obviously is easier said than done, right? Nobody's calling me a quarterback guru, but when you're the head coach, your job is to win the game. It's not to placate your players' egos, and that's exactly what they did yesterday, and almost cost them because it it turned what should have been a blowout into a close game that Texas might have been able to pull out in the end. They didn't because Jalen did pick up the passing what just enough, and then CD Lamb was just CD Lamb. <laughs> he's the best receiver in college football. That was also a big part of man, it. Like if they, that, they don't have CD Lamb yesterday,
1: they don't win. That man is so technically sound. Hey, he look. He looks like so robotic yet so fluid. Man, it's just perfect routes, perfect, perfect uh, hands, fundamentals. everything, everything. He just, he just a,
0: a phenomenal receiver. It was, they don't win. If they don't have him yesterday. Brilliance. And that's not. And that's not hyperbole. Like literally, he won the game for them. Yeah. Ten catches, 171 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. Ridiculous. CD lamp. CD for the TD. But yeah, that's. That, I think if they, if they really want to go as far now. To be fair, most people are not going to watch the game. They're just going to look at the stats. Jalen's stats are very good. He's still, I think, a Heisman front runner. But if they want to go as far as they can go, they need to stop bullshitting and run the ball. Yep. LSU smacks Florida. Yes. Yes, they did. So, during the week, I talked to our good friend and good friend of the show, Humble Teej, Teflon Teej as I like to call him, and he had listened to the Thursday episode, last Thursday's episode, where I said I felt that LSU was the second-best team in college football. And his contention was, how is that possible? You mentioned that their defense is not where it needs to be yet, and they, their defense was only good against against us, us being Texas. And I said, well, their offense is just that good. So even though, and I still maintain this, like y- watching yesterday against Florida, LSU is very clearly loaded with defensive players. That are gonna get drafted in the first round at some point when they're draft eligible, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of, and maybe maybe it's just that Florida is just that good on offense. Maybe that's what it is. But I I'm watching them. I'm like, I feel like you should be getting more stops than this.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, even so, then uh, then they only allow seven points in the second half.
0: Yeah, but st- but even so, like you're watching the game, it's like man, like the Florida's driving a lot. Mm-hmm. even though even though they, they did eventually get stops, it's like I feel like I felt like they shouldn't get more stops like I'm so used to seeing LSU be the exact opposite of what they are right now mm-hmm. I'm used to seeing dominant 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 defense and then Michigan State plus on offense. <laughs> we'll talk which again, we'll talk about Michigan State, but that's what I'm used to seeing from LSU. So to see them now, with this incredible, super high-powered offense, and they're not bad on defense, but they're not. I keep expecting them to just. I. I. If if they would have had the defense I, I expected LSU to have, they would have won that game forty-nine to nothing yesterday. Mm. But the defense isn't. But that's also partially because the offense scores so fast that the defense is not going out there completely fresh every drive. So I'm not sure what it is. They 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 need to improve on defense still, but that offense is just is so good. It's like I don't <laughs> i i I maintain that they're, they're still the second best team in college football, and I think the performance yesterday showed that Joe Burrow, man, ridiculous, man. Those two receivers that they have, Lamar Chase, that's an assassin. and Jefferson.
1: The receivers are cold.
0: Those guys are as good as anybody not named C D Lamb. Yeah. And then I thought Dan Mullen made some interesting choices. So Kyle Trask, the starter at quarterback, he's a very good passer. He's decently mobile. But in in that type of game, you need to stick with one quarter. You can't be switching back and forth the way that he did. And if you're gonna bring in Emory Jones, you need to let him actually run the entire offense rather than bring him in basically be a bit of tackling dummy and just like running him and like QB powers and draws and all that. 'Cause he's a good enough passer that they should if they're gonna put him in, just run the whole offense. And then they tried to do Emory Jones stuff with Kyle Trask at the end and it failed miserably. I just I just don't think Dan Mullen has a complete grasp on what he's doing. Because if Felipe Franks wouldn't have gotten hurt, they would have had him in there instead of Kyle Trask, who is very clearly the best quarterback on the roster. So I just I don't know, man. I don't know. Politics. So one of
1: the first games I want us to key on is Wisconsin beating the breaks off Michigan State. And not so much mm-hmm. Wisconsin beating the breaks off Michigan State as much as what Michigan State needs to do to revive the program. Or I really what D'Antonio needs to do to revive the program.
0: So it's actually very reminiscent of Barry Alvarez when he was the head coach at Wisconsin. So Barry Alvarez came into Wisconsin. They had never done anything at any point in, the, in their program's <laughs> history. He takes them to three Rose Bowls, three Big Ten Championships. He's If they don't have a statue built of him outside of Camp Randall Stadium, they should. He's the best coach they've ever had. A program, like a true program builder. And then he goes three straight, like super subpar seasons. Two of those were losing. I think three losing seasons in a row. And people wanted him fired, and all these things. And then he was able to regroup, and his last two seasons, he went eight and three, nine and three, be nine and three, ten and three. And people didn't want him to leave when he when he retired. Difference is, he had built something sustainable and elite at Wisconsin, in their offense, like their offensive lines, are are like famous in college football for just being dominant year and year out, and mm-hmm. being able to run the ball year and year out. And when you can run the ball. You can win football games no matter who you play against michigan state does not have that their calling card has been defense but i remember i i I saw somebody say this on the message board years ago and i think it's still true you can develop offense but you have to recruit defense Mm -hmm. and michigan state's recruiting has slipped significantly especially on offense but it's also starting to show itself on defense They don't have that elite defensive end. They don't have a very good secondary. The linebacker play is pretty good, but when the defensive line can't get pressure with four and linebackers are having to take on offensive linemen all game, you get what happened the last two weeks. Or rather, this week and then the second quarter (laughs) against Ohio State. So, as much as... I'd like to just say, oh, you need to just fire the coaches on offense and bring in new guys, which I still think is the case. There's no offensive coaching staff that would have made Brian Lewerke see wide open receivers downfield. Mm-hmm. There's no offensive coaching staff that would have made Michigan State not lead the nation in drop passes. Yeah. There's no offensive coaching staff that would have made Michigan State have competent offensive linemen. All of that comes from recruiting and player development. Something Michigan State used to be great at, especially the player development. But I don't. I mean, look, the they're not the players they have are not good enough. Like they they start three receivers that in Mark Antonio's best teams from 2013 to 2015 would never see the field. Not one of them. None of Michigan State's receivers right now would ever see the field in Mark Antonio's best teams. Brian Lewerke is probably, in terms of like talent, is probably on par with the quarterbacks from that era, Connor Cook and Kirk Cousins. But... He is so inconsistent. Right. So, but, 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 but if you think about 2013 to 2015, they had Jack, Jack Conklin at left tackle. They had Jack Allen at center, Brian Allen at left guard. So the left side of the line was all NFL players. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything like. There's not a single NFL player on that offensive line right now. At least not one that plays. Maybe Devonte Dobbs is that former five-star player, but the guys that play right now, no, none of that. Brian Lewerke is not an NFL quarterback. Nice. They don't have. I don't think they have any NFL players on their offense that start right now. No, I don't think so either. That's a major problem. Yeah. So that's really what it is. Like they got to get better coaches in there. That can recruit better. And I think the short-term thing is you got to get some JUCOs in there on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. You got to see who shakes out in the transfer portal in terms of quarterbacks. Because if if Brian Lewerke is the best quarterback you have, you are in serious trouble. Because he is not good. Yeah. That is absolutely true. And, like,
1: if... (laughs) If if we if, if they goes into the spring and it's a quarterback battle and Rocky Lombardi ends up being the quarterback that wins mm-hmm. out,
0: then they in series. They even more trouble because he is garbage. He is he is garbage. The fact that Theo Day, who is in his second or third year on the program, I've not heard a word about him at any point. Yeah, that means he's not good. in any any of the media stuff. People are holding out hope that Peyton Thorne who is the guy that they flipped from Western? I think either Western or Western, one of the directional Michigans. When Dewan Mathis decommitted to Ohio State, who then decommitted to go to Georgia. They're hoping that guy is like the real deal, which I mean, hopefully he is. But Boy, I wouldn't, I, mean, I wouldn't bet on it. Like my whole thing is, I mean, he he may turn out to be
1: really good, but you have to be proactive. You can't be out here sitting back and hoping. You got to
0: go out and find somebody. You know, at this point, just like. It's like Michigan State does not have a quarterback committed in this class right now. Mm. You got to go out. They, and find they, somebody. they 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 have they have one four star player committed, and the only reason he's committed is because he's a legacy. Like his family is all going to Michigan State. Mm. Yeah, you got to do something. You see, in a w- bad way. One thing is like
1: because my whole thing is this is like Dantonio either needs to retire after this season, or he needs to fire the whole offensive staff. 'Cause, I, cause it, it needs to look like MSU is in like a some type of rebuild, some type of thing that a recruits can look at and say, Oh, I want to be a part of this um new this new Michigan State. So either way, right. but either way it has to be a new coach and staff in some capacity. And so now I like D'Antonio. Like I like him overall as a coach. Like, I I I don't I'm not the one to forget where he where he where he's taken Michigan State in the past. And so my hope is that he does this. He just he does just get rid of everybody on the offense, even the offensive coordinator, who I think is calling great plays right now. But it's just one of those things. He got clean house, you know. And 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 some and there's some casualties that's gonna be taken, but you got a clean house and start basically just start over, you know. I, and I don't and and if he does it like that, I don't mind MSU sort of starting over and rebuilding, you know. Like, but something's got to give. It it can't be the same old. It, next year it can't be the same coaching staff, regardless.
0: Whether D'Antonio is there or not, it can't be the same coach staff. No, it can't. No. And honestly, because like, they're already getting negative recruited against. They've got too many coaches that don't recruit. And, I, and it, it takes me back to something Urban Meyer said uh, this past week. He was asked by Jerry DiNardo on, uh, on Fox Sports, how do you build a coaching staff? And Urban Meyer said, and I think this is accurate, is the first thing that I look at is how good of a recruiter are you? Like you need to be a maniac recruiter. Obviously, it's also very important to be a good position coach, but it's about players, not plays. If you have the best players, you can fit a system around them and be successful. If you don't have good players, no matter what system you run, it's not gonna be successful. And that's what Michigan State has right now. I would argue Brad Salem's offensive system is probably pretty good. But they don't have a good offensive line. They don't have good receivers, they don't have a good quarterback, and they don't have they they might have good running backs. But it's hard to tell <laughs> because they, they don't have anywhere to run. so, And that's the fault of the coaches that are there. They brought those guys in. They've been coaching them. And they just have not gotten it done. So, Mark he has got a serious decision to make. He's got to look himself in the mirror and figure out how he's going to move forward. Is he going to clean house on offense or is he going to retire? Those are his two options yep. from where I stand.
1: Now, another one of our teams took a loss this weekend was um Houston when they went up against Cincinnati. But this game actually made me feel a lot better than uh the Michigan State game in that uh, you know, Clayton Toon looked a lot better, even he looked better and he's nursing a hamstring injury. So that that was kind of interesting to me. Uh but
0: what what were your takeaways from the game? So yeah, Clayton Toon, I think I feel I felt good about him r regarding the offense when he was in. I lo- he looked like had he been healthy we could have had we would have had a good chance to win the game yeah because when he's healthy he's actually he's, he's very fast he's a very mobile quarterback mm-hmm. and there were plays where he got into the open field and it looked like he was going to break a big one and then he would have to slide or he wouldn't quite get there and I was like I was like I thought he could make that run <laughs> and then and then you find out afterwards cuz he's nursing a sore hamstring and he hadn't been able to practice the last two weeks which my thing on that is, I think they probably should have just started Bryson Smith at
1: quarterback if that was the case, because um, Logan Horgeson should never see the field at quarterback ever again. And then uh, right. obviously there the other quarterbacks they have. I'm um, just like I know there's one Nigerian dude. Uh, obviously they're not good enough to see the field. So and then right. and then the one the one passing play Bryson Smith had, he threw for fifty yards. Threw a, threw a beautiful, yeah, a beautiful. Touchdown pass, deep ball, like barely even stepped into the throw too. I was like, with, with gloves on, with gloves Damn. on. So like, I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if if you, if you started or your current starter is hurt, I think you got to go with Bryson Smith. That's my
0: opinion. Yeah, I remember before I thought, man, I wish they would have given Bryson Smith more of a chance at quarterback. But then to see Clayton Tune, he's he's good. I think Clayton Toon is good when healthy. I think the quarterback hierarchy should have been. Derrick King won, Clayton Toon two, Bryson Smith three. That's what yeah. I should that's what it should have been, based on what we've seen so far. Now Derrick King is red shirting and Clayton Toon is too injured to practice. I think it has to be Bryson Smith. He was a great high school quarterback. Yep. Yeah. He was brought in as a quarterback. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think that's where we, that's the direction we have to go in. And it would be great. It'd be great if he could stay at receiver. He's shown to be very good, pretty good at that. Even though he dropped what would have been a touchdown at the end of the <laughs> first half would have changed the game. Now something, we scored in the second half, we took would have been able to take the lead. But you know. A point that you
1: made about Bryson Smith playing quarterback is that he's probably hasn't practiced at quarterback very much in this new system. So it right. might be one of those things where the reason why he didn't play they didn't have him uh because he, he played a few snaps behind the center under center so it, and he only threw it once probably because he didn't really know the plays as a quarterback that well but you right. think maybe like after like a maybe a, another week of practice they'll start giving him more a uh, passing assignments and sort of um giving Clayton a rest and stuff so like sort of a two quarterback system which I don't which I don't mind at all especially since like now one of these quarterbacks going to be starting next year so
0: right yeah. i think I think we have enough games against bum teams on our schedule that we can win six games that way. It's mm-hmm. I hope I hope they're right. Yeah, I, I, I hope I hope. <laughs> we had we we we've had chances to win every game we've played, yeah. which is more than we could say uh, last year. Even though we got off to a hot start, and we started playing real teams, so we getting smashed. Yeah, but we, we but we've had we've had good game plans. We've gotten hoed by the refs a couple man. times. Oh, man, oh man,
1: this this Yesterday, game in particular, man. Cause there was there was a, a couple plays that should have been like unsportsmanlike conducts and uh, ejections. So one player on Cincinnati threw a punch at one of our dudes, which I still contend if he had connected that punch, he would have got dog walked. Cause <laughs> cause the dude he threw a punch at I, it was it was one of these one of our linebackers, one of our defensive linemen. It was a running back throwing a punch at like a defensive lineman. I don't know what the hell you doing. That's dumb in any capacity. On top of that, these are all Houston dudes. All right. Like mm-hmm. huge like from a, like Houston Southside dude. Like, no, don't, 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 don't mess with these dudes. I right? like I wouldn't do that. That that's in a, that's ill advised. Okay. Correct. Uh, another dude uh flicked off um Bryson Smith. And so that should have been like from, like Conduct, I'm sure. Then there was a play where they called late here out of bounds, but the the runner which was um the uh, desmond ritter uh since he's quarterback, quarterback was still in bounds when he got hit yes so i didn't understand that it was a few <laughs> you know
0: and that was on a drive like that play would have, it would have been a fourth and five yes and it turns into f- first and ten the half the distance so the defense had gotten the stop that we needed so we had a chance to go down and take the lead and then they call that and then since he ends up scoring a touchdown so i was Incredibly frustrating game from that from that aspect, but I thought I thought I was very encouraged with what I saw yesterday from from uh yeah, and so some things to look
1: forward to. So first, I noticed Isaiah Chambers is starting again. So he, he I guess he's worked his way back at, into being in the starting rotation, and he looked good yesterday. Yes. Uh, so we're recording on Sunday, by the way. Um, so here's the juniors. I hope uh, stay end up staying. You know, so on on the defensive side of the football. So you have David Nenny, who looked also looked great yesterday. He plays like weak side DN slash outside linebacker. You know, you have uh, Isaiah Chambers, I just mentioned. You have uh, DeMarion Williams. He's a corner quarter, cornerback number six. He's a beast. Oh, he's pretty good. I don't say a beast, but he's pretty good. I think he'll get better. Uh, Deontay Anderson, a safety. He's nice. He's really nice. Yes, he is. He um, is. You see, you have uh, I, I like Olivier Charles-Pierre. He, yeah. looked pretty, he looked pretty like pretty good. He's he's a he's a, um he's a junior. I think he's a junior or a, I think he's a junior. Um and then you have Peyton Turner. I like him. Yes. He he's, he's a very nice. smart player. A very smart player. He, he just identifies plays very well. And I I like I've liked I've seen his growth from when he first came in. So he's been he's been pretty good. And Gleason Spreewell is a safety. He's pretty good as well. And so those are the people I hope stay. Right, as a junior on offense, the only person that I really hope stays as a junior, um, going into a senior season, is Marquez Stevenson. I feel like he's gonna leave because he's really good, but mm-hmm. I hope you know I hope you hope against hope that he stays just one more year. Then here's to the future. So of our so of the red shirt senior candidates that you hope don't end up entering the transfer portal because that's always an option for them. Keith Corbin, receiver, he's like uh, really. Second best receiver on the team after Marquez Stevenson. You have D'Eric King, obviously starting quarterback. Uh, before he took the red shirt, you have Courtney Lark, who's only played in two games this year. He's a senior, but I don't know. He he might feel snubbed and and end up you know just taking the red shirt and transferring, which I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't you know. And then you have Mobile Carr, who we mentioned earlier is getting his second masters. Uh, while he's red-shirting. So, he's a running back. It's, very, it's a very African thing to do. Yes, yeah, very African thing to do. Then, out of the transfers we've gotten, who have to sit out this year, you have the, the biggest name is, what's his name? I, Iyabi Anoma. 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 Former number four player in the country. He's transferred from Alabama. He's like weak side DN, so he's outside linebacker. He was a SEC all-freshman team last year. So, yeah, man, I'm excited for that player. He's he's wearing the number mm-hmm. one jersey. That's kind of cold. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you have uh, Bryson Jackson. He's a four-star receiver transferred from, from TCU. This is like the second uh, big-time TCU player we've gotten uh, after Isaiah Chambers. Then you have uh, Colin Samuel, who's like a big cornerback. I'm out of UCLA. He was a former four-star cornerback. He was like he's like 6'2", 200 pounds. So I'm excited to see how good he is because you need some, you need a big cornerback. You know, everybody needs a big cornerback. You have a uh, Kelvin Clemens, who's a JUCO transfer, he's another tall cornerback. He's not he's not big yet, but he's tall. He can always pull on some weight. He's like, six, well, it's like 6'1", 195. It's not small, but it's not like huge or anything. He's coming out of uh, he's on Minnesota this past spring. He's number nine ranked JUCO cornerback in the nation. It's almost for him. Then you have Jordan Moore. He's a, a safety transfer from Texas a and He's a former four-star dude. So the future, the, the if so, if you if you consider like if like half those juniors stay, and you and you have all these like redshirt candidates and all these transfers, you have a pretty stacked team, especially on defense. You have depth. They're oh, gonna defense. be loaded next yeah. year. Yeah, like the which depth is, on which defense, which is exactly
0: why. Sorry to, sorry to cut you off. Okay, which go is go exactly ahead. which is exactly why uh, Coach Holgerson. Ask the seniors, like, hey, if you want to, you can redshirt. You know what type of team we're going to have in terms of talent next year. And I think, and I, I've I've talked to people about how Daniel Holgerson is overrated as a coach, and blah 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 blah. I'm not I'm not here to claim that Daniel Holgerson is the second coming of Bear Bryant, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but but he's never been in the position where he's got the team or the program with the most resources. Or the program that has the potential to be the bully in the conference. Yeah, because he was... he was... West Virginia is not that. Like, West Virginia, you're always having to overachieve. Same with Oklahoma and get, State. And get <laughs> transfers in. So yeah, same with Oklahoma <laughs> State. Although he wasn't the head coach of Oklahoma State. He was the, he was the OC mm-hmm. there. But he's, he's never been at a school as the head coach or the OC where... You have, you have the potential to be the bully in the conference. Even when he was the OC at UH, it was still in very much a rebuilding mode. We, weren't, we couldn't get transfers like we can get now when he was here the last time. So I think given time and given his relationships in the state and given his relationships with, with big money donors, we can get big-time players in here. And we're already in the city that has the most talent, arguably, in the country anyway. So... People talk about, oh, when is he showing he's a great coach? I'm not saying he's a great coach. What I am saying, <laughs> he's a great what I am Saying is that he's a great recruiter, mm-hmm. and he's in he's in a city and at a program where he can be easily the 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 big fish or like the like the bully on the block for sure. So I think I think he's shown that he can get the talent in here, and I th- I think we have a very good coaching staff, and I think once the players are in next season. We can really see what these guys can do. I think I'm excited to see us just smack people around. I'm tired of being humble, man. As I, as I've said. Look, y'all, and, and anybody you, that knows me knows that I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm. You can tell me. Maybe I'm an arrogant person. Uh, I, if I, uh, am, I uh, if I am, I own that. If I am, I own that. I am. I don't like to pretend. That I'm not good at shit. That I'm good at, <laughs> and if and if I if I know I'm better than you at something, I'm not gonna be like, oh nigga, you suck. But it's like, <laughs> I'm not gonna pretend I'm not better than you at it. You know what I'm saying? So like, this season has been very all, difficult for me.
1: All I know is that two teams, no, three teams that's finna get smacked up next year. Washington State at Washington State. Tulane at home because Tulane decided they want to pull that 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 <laughs> shit. All right, against us, you know what I'm saying? What, 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 what was that fake Neil? Are you serious? Are you? Nah, oh, let, let, let me tell you something. We're gonna be up by thirty. We are gonna run a trick play, just cause. I, I promise that. I, actually, I can't promise. I'm not the coach. I'm not, I don't call the plays, but I hope that. All right, <laughs> I really hope that. Okay, Cincinnati, you getting smacked up in Cincinnati? Okay, we get, you getting smacked? You you gonna get smacked down to Kentucky? That's what we are gonna do to y'all. All right understand that understand that all, all, all that flip, flipping off throwing punches believe that it's gonna it's gonna be a, a UH satellite campus up there when we finish with y'all I I, I I'm a, I promise that though I could promise I, I'm not I'm gonna promise that one though okay and SMU I hope we beat SMU this year I don't, I don't I'm not waiting for next year I hope we beat them this year I hope by the time we play SMU we got we we, we, we uh got the the two quarterback system running meshing well and I hope we whip them because I'm, t- I'm tired of losing to SMU. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that.
0: Same. So, yeah, this is not going to be great this year. Hopefully we can get 6-6, six and six, get those 15 bowl practices. But 2020 for UH is going to be a big year. Oh, my God, we're going to be so low. I can't wait. I can't wait. So watch out for us then.
1: So one thing I want to skip over to real fast is the NBA preseason. Uh, Really, first things first, Anthony Davis sprained his thumb
0: and may be out for a few months. What does this mean for the Lakers? So long term doesn't mean anything. You, really, you want him for the playoffs, which is when he, LeBron, Kuz, and everybody's going to be dominant. Mm-hmm. But you hate to see him get injured because he's, he's dealt with injuries the last few seasons. I mean, nothing major. He still played like 75% of the games the last four years. But... You want us you want you know, you want everybody to get up to a, to a great start to the season. If you get up to a great start, you can have a great season. It's hard to dig yourself out of a hole, it's better to start at the top and sort of maintain, you know? So it's it's frustrating for him, especially to get to have that kind of injury. But it's better to have it now than in, you know, going into the playoffs. That's the I guess that's the one silver lining. But, you know, we we have plenty of bigs. We've got JaVale, we got Dwight. I wish we still had Oh my God! What's Boogie? my man's name now? No, well, yeah, Boogie, but also is it is a big that they they trade him to the to the Clippers for no reason. Oh, Zubac, yes, Ivica Zubac. I mean, it was nice. It'd be great to have him right now. Probably we wouldn't have signed we wouldn't we have signed Dwight if we still had Zubac. I
1: was still confused by um Lakers traded him. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. <laughs> He is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's very good. Oh God, he was one of my favorites. <laughs> I loved watching him because, like, he his second year wasn't great, but then last year, you could tell he was really starting to feel confident. Like him and and Lonzo and Kuz were really balling when LeBron got hurt, and then Lonzo got hurt and it all fell apart. But Zoo was Zoo was nice, and that's fucked up, Magic. I don't know why he did that, but. But uh I think we have enough bigs. Obviously none of them are Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is literally the, the best player LeBron's ever played with. And the, the LeBron has played with Dwayne Wade. So that's really saying something. Yeah. But I think I think I think I think they'll be all right. They'll still be like third or fourth seed by the time A D comes back, and then we'll jump back into the first seed. Because I think, I think the Lakers are the best team. I really do. With LeBron and A D and JaVale and Dwight. As Biggs, and then you have Coos, who I think is a little bit overrated, but he seems to have improved allegedly. So we'll see about that. <laughs> and then you have Danny Green, who's a three-point specialist and a pretty good perimeter defender. You have Avery Bradley, who, who apparently is, is is playing really good all-in-ball defense on point guard right now. So the pieces are there. And then like, we have a, we have a, a defensive-minded coach, who, from what I've seen, we're running a pretty good offensive system. So I feel good about that as well. So. I do wish we had Teron Lewis as our head coach. That would have been better. I I'm really upset that Jason Kidd is an assistant coach on the team. <laughs> they should not let that <laughs> nigga anywhere close to the Lakers. But hey, they didn't ask me. They should have, but they didn't ask me. So, you know, whatever. I'm going to do my best to ignore it. By <laughs> the way, I feel I feel strong. Is Andre Iguodala still on the Grizzlies? At the moment, yeah, but we'll see what happens with
1: Yeah, that. I'm 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 like, "Wait, when are y'all going to trade that boy?" <laughs> Or buy out his contract. I know y'all not gonna
0: use him. (laughs) No, they're not. Y'all waiting? No, he's he's gonna end up on another team. That much, that much, I'm sure. That's what
1: I'm saying. What are y'all waiting
0: for? (laughs) Yeah, I not. So we talked a little bit about the Clippers recently, Mm -hmm. and you mentioned that they have these. You know, they have Paul George, they have Kawhi, both guys that are really, 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 really good. Actually, no, I would say great offensive players. And then guys that are, you know, by reputation, great perimeter defenders. And I said, that doesn't really matter that much. So now I'd like to expound on that. Uh-huh. Let's talk about what I mean by that. So when you play against like a, a mediocre team that does not have great wings, that is a huge advantage to have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because they will just harass those guys in the perimeter and not gonna be able to do anything. When you get into the playoffs and you play against teams that have guys that can play Paul George and Kawhi Leonard ain't stopping nobody from doing nothing. That's good. <laughs> so, like, none of them is going to stop LeBron from doing anything. Or James none Harden from or that. Or James Harden or that, Russell that, Westbrook. That
1: step back, sidestep, running three-pointer. Or getting to the rim.
0: Man. Not, of them, neither <laughs> of them is stopping Steph from doing anything. True. Like, like Paul George is getting abused by Joe Ingles from the Jazz last oh, year. Oh, he, he did get abused, abused. by Abused. That's true. That, abused. That, that did I don't want to hear shit about Paul George's ability as a perimeter defender Nigga, Joe Ingles was dropping 30 on you With regularity You ain't stopping nobody And then Kawhi at this point is that He has to expend so much energy As an offensive star That even though he has the ability As a defender He's really got to pick his spots And even then, like I said, elite players are going to do what elite players do yeah. He's not going to stop anybody elite from scoring He might hold them a little bit below their average well like Steph was cooking him <laughs> in the finals when yeah. when 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 Kawhi was guarding him. Well Kawhi shouldn't have been guarding Steph. I don't feel I don't feel like that was in
1: the, their best interest. So I'm not sure who else would, they could have put on Steph, but I don't know. I don't know if Kawhi should have been, should have been the one trying to guard Steph.
0: It was weird as that Fred Van Vliet was more effective against Steph than Kawhi Leonard was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like <laughs> and that, was, that, uh, that whole thing was weird with Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> it's weird. Basketball can be a very <laughs> weird game at times. Very weird game at times. Yeah. So then but the yeah, other- I don't but I don't, I don't think that's that big of a deal that they're two good perimeter defenders. That does not get mean anything when they play against good teams. Yeah. The other thing is uh Zion Williamson been balling
1: in the preseason for the Pelicans. hmm He was like, what, well, twelve for mm-hmm. thirteen in that bulls game? All twenty nine points. Yeah, and all <laughs> all on the paint. All at the rim.
0: All at the rim. All not even the, rim. the paint. All at the rim. Just dunks. Dunks and layups. Yeah, dunks and layups. Yeah. <laughs> and most. I saw somebody said, oh, this is so sad. Now I'm like, <laughs> okay. Now if there have been a bunch of shots from outside the paint with him missing, and him am only making stuff at the paint, I could see the case where you would be like, this is sad, he can't shoot. That's the easiest shot and the best shot in basketball. It's actually even better shot than shooting a three. Yes. Because at the rim, if you're going to shoot 80 plus percent <laughs> at the rim, that's like all time great. That's literally all time great. Even Wilt and Kareem didn't do that shit. Shoot eighty, now he's not going to shoot twelve or thirteen from the from the even from the rim because you you play against teams that have big time rim defenders like Rudy Gobert and like Rudy Gobert. Although he was abusing Rudy Gobert, oh, he was abusing Rudy Gobert. I think the thing that's so funny to me, you look at somebody like Zion, who is six six, about two eighty, just muscle, explosive muscle fibers, all that shit, and people talk about oh he's not going to be able to do that to NBA players. Like bro, LeBron was smaller than him. Doing that to NBA doing that to NBA players. <laughs> what do you mean? It's not like NBA players are like offensive linemen sized. You no, know, they are in yeah. height, but not in girth. So this idea that this dude that is a bully is all of a sudden not gonna be able to bully because people talk about how skinny NBA players are all the time. All of a sudden they're they're bodybuilders now. They're like, get it. No, get the fuck out of here. It's not how that works. So no, I'm not surprised that he's bullying smaller players that he's bullying Rudy Gobert. That's what he's always done. So he's going to continue to do. And then he's also extremely skilled as a passer and finisher on top of that. So yeah, I think he's going to be very, very good. And then he has the ability to occasionally step out and hit perimeter shots, which makes you have to play him honest, which lets him get to the rim even easier. So I'm not surprised that he's that he's out here balling. I expect him to continue. Yeah, it'd be it'd be
1: um fun watching him play this year, you know, uh, he better not, you know. what I'm saying, I, I don't care what he do to my Rockets as long as my Rockets win. That's all I'm saying. All right, you know. What I'm saying it's nah, gonna nah. be interesting. Yeah, because
0: he's got he's got Lonzo as his point guard, and you know mm-hmm. Lonzo wants to get him the ball all the time. Yeah, and Drew Holiday still there. Mm-hmm. Yep. They actually they should be. They're not gonna make the playoffs, but they should be a uh, a pretty good team. Yeah, and you don't think they make, the,
1: make the playoffs? Like not even like a seven to eight seed? No. Wow. Okay. I guess the West that's is yeah, like the best. That's how
0: good the West is, yeah. Yeah,
1: shoot. I got shoot. All right. Now I gotta look through the West now. Now that you said that, I gotta really look through and see all the teams. Yeah, because now because yeah, you got the Blazers, you got the um, Warriors, you got the Lakers, the Clippers, Jazz, Nuggets, Rockets, Mavs. Oh, wow. Okay. The Mavs yeah. are not the Mavs are not good, but uh, uh, those other yeah, teams, uh, yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? Well, people keep telling me the Mavs are supposed to be good, so So, so I'm, I'm gonna talk them up so I can bring them down later. That's how I'm doing.
0: Oh, that's fair. what I'm saying actually, okay. The Mavs are great. (laughs) Mavs are fantastic. It's like just like NBA action. They are fantastic. Now it's time for the
1: briefest of briefest NFL check-ins because we're recording this before the games have even started. But there's one game that's on though. Oh, yeah, it's like overseas, right? Buccaneers, In London. Yeah, nobody cares about yeah. that. Yeah. But um, the game that I care about is the Texans at the Chiefs. Because I actually be watching this game. I'm actually interested to see black on black crime this time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 um, What you got is a matchup between Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes. Hopefully this becomes the next big QB versus QB matchup. You know, aching to I guess Peyton Manning and the Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? But that'll be. I think that would be really fun, a fun game to watch. I'm, I hope it is. I hope it's a compelling game. I hope it's not like one sided either way. Well, I will say though, is Tyreek Hill is back for the Chiefs. He's um he's ruled to play today, and Kenny Stills is out for the Texans. So that'd be interesting. I have no idea how effective all those players, uh, the absence and presence of those players, will be for their respective teams. Uh, but because I don't haven't been paying attention really, but I will be watching the game, and hopefully it's fun. Obviously, NFL football is better football than college football, so I won't be as mad watching the game, perhaps as I am watching these uh, college teams, these college kids play. Um, so I mean that'll be, be fun. That'll be fun watching.
0: I just look. At, I'm looking at the the two quarterbacks. So Deshaun has passed for. they so they both playing the same amount of games, five games. Deshaun has passed for about 500 fewer passing yards, but he's also got the same number of touchdowns and he's thrown like 40 fewer passes.
1: Uh so so, so how so how about the I guess yards per attempt, what's that looking like?
0: So Deshaun Watson 8.6 yards per attempt. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good whereas Pat Mahomes, he's getting 9.4 yards in attempt, which is disgusting. Yes. <laughs> 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 so like Deshaun is getting that's really Deshaun he's he's getting the ball down the field but Pat Mahomes is getting almost a first down every time he throws the ball man that's a wild both very good quarterbacks evidently yeah very that's, very good these these, these are these are two elite quarterbacks in the league right now
1: these, this will be a fun game to watch. it should be a fun I can't say it will because you never know what, you just like you said MF, NBA is a funny it's a funny game NFL is also a funny game so uh, but I hope it's a good game. I really
0: do. Neither neither of these teams has a great defense. Yes, so that I mean, should, it, it should, should be explosive. A, yes. <laughs> so like so like Deshaun has an eleven to one touchdown pick and in, uh, interception ratio. Ooh. Pat Mahomes eleven to zero. So both these guys have been taking care of the ball. They Have mm-hmm. almost identical identical quarterback ratings. Uh, Deshaun one fifteen point nine. Pat Mahomes one fourteen point seven. These 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 both these guys are elite right now, man. You man. love you love to see it. You love to see it, man. So this has been another episode of Run the Play. I mean, it's it, this is just a fun show to do. I hope you guys enjoy it's listening it as much years. as we enjoy making it. You can follow us on Twitter at the CS Pod. The Run the Play podcast uh, Twitter account is still under construction. Don't worry about it; it's coming. It's <laughs> coming. It's coming. But yeah, the CS Pod, T H E C S P O D. Fun stuff over there, man. See, it's a good time. Good time, Cha. Where are the, can the people find you at? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cha is
1: Nuclear. You can also check out all my work, my music, etc., on NuclearKite.com. Be sure to check out my man uh, Chasing Z's work as well. Same website. We make some pretty good music. Actually, that's underselling it. Let's stop being humble. We make great music. Go listen. It's Prove true. me wrong. All right. Prove me wrong. You're not going to, but you can try. All right. Anywho. Yeah, man, go go check out my stuff. Go follow me on the social media. And, yeah, man, that's all I got.
0: So, for Cha, my name is Obes. This is Run The Play, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.